Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey, welcome back to another episode of uh, Vacation Rental Insiders. I'm Ryan. And I'm Lucas. So today we're going to talk about uh, something that affects every single one of us rental property owners and short-term rental property owners to be specific. We are talking about uh, what has happened in one particular large metropolitan area, uh, Dallas, to be specific. Apparently, there are headlines cruising all over the internet that says Dallas City Council bans short-term rentals. Now, on the outset, you scared, Lucas, when you read that? Well, that's concerning. <laughs> well, that's, that's concerning. for sure. It's uh, concerning Lucas if I live near Dallas. <laughs> yeah, if you lived in Dallas, you should be terrified. Uh, that headline doesn't tell the whole story, so we're going to try and tell the whole story. We're going to show all, all sides of this. Um, then we're going to kind of break down what we believe we can do about this if it were to come our way. Um, this is not an episode that's necessarily appropriate for our typical 15 minutes. We could probably spend an hour on this, but that's not what we do here. We get to the meat and potatoes and we get down to it, don't we, Lucas? That's right. Right down to the nitty gritty. Right to the nitty gritty. What we do is we, we get down to those info nuggets you need. We know that. All right. So here's a here's a little nugget. Number one, you got to read the rest of the headline. <laughs> it's not just Dallas City Council bans short-term rentals. It says from single family areas. So number one, they're banning short-term rentals from single-family home areas. So that means that if you have a neighborhood with a cul-de-sac and it's house, 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 they don't want you there. But if you have the ability to have an STR in a multi-unit building in a neighborhood that has that kind of dense housing, they're saying, that's okay, just not in the pretty neighborhoods. That's the message loud and clear. Okay, there's restrictions on that. They want them to pay even if you do have one in a multi-home neighborhood, um, multi-unit neighborhood and a multi-unit building, they want the STR property owners to register with the city each year and pay the same kinds of taxes and fees that hotels pay to operate. So the edge that an STR has over hotel is what? Cost. They're trying to take that away. So obviously, the hotels are behind this. Obviously. Yeah, they it were could they were be the behind it as well. They were behind uh, it in Florida. In Florida, they pushed really hard a couple of years ago to get vacation rentals tied into the Department of Hotels and Restaurants, the Division of Hotels and Restaurants. And yep. so now we're all having to register and pay our yearly fees and taxes and everything else like that to the Division of Hotels and Restaurants. So what did that do to your bottom line? Um, it's they actually made it fairly affordable. It's not, you know, I think they just wanted some registration list of who's doing it. Um, sure. which ones are doing it because it's not it's really not that expensive now uh in places like volusia county for example we had a 2004 law that stated no rentals you know under 30 nights and that's still in effect however that was in effect because people weren't paying their taxes they were taking that airbnb taking that vrbo income and keeping it themselves well then yep. the vrbo and airbnb signed a an agreement with our state and our particular county to remit on our behalf and all of a sudden overnight code enforcement stopped enforcing the code because they like that tax revenue and it amounts to millions and millions of dollars from every year. 
So um, as long as they're getting paid, they'll leave you alone. Pretty much, unless your neighbor That's has a problem, and then code enforcement may mm-hmm. show back up. But um, some of these places are much, much more strict about it. I have a feeling reading this article that uh, the the Dallas City Council and the, and the city of Dallas is about to crack down really hard on these single family neighborhoods um, to ensure that there are no short term rentals in those neighborhoods, yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're headed for. That's what they're looking for. So um, they're trying to sell this as, don't worry, we're, we're not making it totally go away. We just want to regulate. Well, they're eliminating. Um, you had a figure that we discussed pre-show. What was the figure? How many rentals were in the neighborhoods versus um, multifamily homes? Well, that's that what figure in front of you. That's what we were getting. So they want to... So it says, um, oh, it's a thousand. There it is. Yeah, I yeah. see it. Sorry. This, so this a thousand councilman. business owners are now out of business in Dallas. And, yeah. and, and there's no way around it. There's no, there's no loophole except the definition of STR. So we, we've been over this in the past. STR as a definition is typically anything under 30 days. So if you want to rent your home 30 days or more, that becomes a long-term rental, even if it's only 31 days. Okay. So just think about that. Number one, unfortunately for most of these people, it's not going to be feasible to all of a sudden say, Hey, I'm still on VRBO or Airbnb and you can rent here, but I have a 30 day minimum. That's not feasible realistically because there isn't a ton of people now. Now for Ryan, as I run my Airbnb business, I have, um, properties that actually do cater to a longer term tenant this summer i have had multiple people that have done a month or more at different listings of mine um it's just something that's happening recently now last summer one of my properties it's kind of a primo little one-bedroom apartment that people just love um somebody booked for like four months stayed the entire summer the summer before that, it was the same thing. Four months. It was a student between student housing. Her mother paid for it. She stayed here the whole summer uh, at that property. And it was like, okay, so that's weird. But then come December in November in January for, you know, for all intents and purposes, people are coming to see family or holidays, everything else. They're not coming for a month. That doesn't happen to me over the winter. Typically it's the summer months. I get these long-term people. That's about it. Um, there's a couple of listings where people will stay like a month and say, you know, I don't have an apartment yet. And I'm, I'm moving to town, so I got to stay here until I find a place. Whatever. That happens. But now, if you take a really nice home that is kind of a luxury rental, that's kind of more Lucas's brand of, of stuff, okay? And you say, oh, well, you can no longer be in business, and you can only rent you know, long-term rental. And you put that same luxury home that's renting for, I'm making up the numbers here, but let's say it's $350 a night, okay? And it's got this massive pool and a ton of great TVs and a lot of space. And it's it's 5,000 square foot house, all that stuff. Nobody's coming in and buying that for a month. It's not happening. That's the kind of place they want to rent for three or four days at a time and kick it with their friends. And maybe they're in town for a conference and there's a bunch of people splitting it. Whatever the case may be, that's not going to happen for a month rental. So those people are going to be in trouble depending on the style of the house and how they rent it out. Um, so that is that is what is happening there. That is the that is the nitty gritty on it. Again, they're not completely banning them. They're only allowing them in certain neighborhoods. Now there's one other interesting thread to this. As much as they sit there and say, oh, hey, this only affects about a thousand STRs that are currently in single family areas. And you're totally allowed to do this in multifamily areas. Um, they are also saying that in a multi-unit building 
which is the only thing they want to let you do. You cannot have more than, uh, was it 3%, Lucas? 3% of the building can be short-term rentals. So, hey, we're going to allow it in multifamily buildings, but but it can only account for 3%. So, you know. Which we discussed. It's like on a unit, on a, they, they said in a compromise, STRs will be allowed in multifamily residential areas with 20 or more units. So my understanding is there's about 7,000 rentals in Dallas. So this is affecting about 15% of all owners. So here's where it states, because I had to reread this to understand this. So neighborhoods with multifamily dwellings and commercial zones, they'll be allowed to stay. They don't. It doesn't matter how many units they have. It doesn't matter what it is. Those units are going to be allowed to stay. That's the 5,900 and some that aren't being affected. The 1,000 that are being affected are the ones just solely in single family residential areas. And in a compromise, they're stating that the multifamily residential areas, so not talking about multifamily commercial zones, we're talking about multifamily Mm -hmm. residential areas are the places in which they have to have 20 or more units. And then, and then as long as it has 20 or more units, then only 3% of those units can be used as STR. So as Ryan and I discussed, let's say you're an apartment complex with 20 units. You literally can't even have one STR because if you had one, that would be 5%. You so, have to have so 22 units or more. 3% of 20 is 0.6. So you are allowed to have 60% of a full STR instead of a building with 20. So it's weird language because if you break it down, it doesn't make sense. It, literally, you have to be in a building uh, with, let's say it's a 100-unit building. Three of them are allowed to be STRs. And if someone else in the building, they're not saying you are allowed to have three. The building is allowed to have three. Now, Lucas, let's just take one of your condo buildings as an example. Uh, Don't need any names or any specifics. doesn't matter. Tell me when you go to most frequently. And I would say that on a percentage basis, I don't know. Let me whip out my calculator. Well, no, don't even do that. Just tell me how many units you manage in that one building. 13. Okay. So... (laughs) one building is there 100 units in that building or more or 200 what do you think it is just guess it's 100 there's 107 oh you know that yeah 100 and what 107 107 so if i uh do the math on that you have 13 of those um i quickly punch this in my calculator you you personally run 12 percent of that building yes okay so if this if this rule were to come to daydona beach you would have to eliminate nine of those. Correct. All right. Now, if you come into a building, you buy a condo, and you're in the city of Dallas, and they're only allowing 3% to be in there, and two other people already own one, you better hope your STR license goes through. Because if someone else gets one ahead of you, you're out. You're at 3%. Now, it makes me wonder if the HOA laws, like, like the HOA laws in the condos in Florida, they supersede the city and county laws. So these HOA laws state we can have seven night minimums, um, but the the county laws state you know one month or or longer. Um, but the right. HOAs are allowed to supersede that. So I'm, I wonder in in this instance, if you're in a multifamily residential area, which would be considered a, you know you're in a condominium, um, if HOA bylaws supersede uh, this this law. Um, nonetheless, though, I mean here we are with another another city taking aim at Airbnb and VRBO properties, which, which I personally don't believe uh, is the issue. I think, as I told Ryan, I think, I think the bigger issue is allowing corporations to buy up, you know, one out of every four homes, which is your, your companies like um, that are publicly traded uh, like invitation homes, for example, in Deltona, Florida, they have like 
probably upwards of two or 3,000 homes they own uh, in that okay. one city. Uh, that, that's a problem, obviously. That's an yeah. inherent problem. Uh, you know, and I don't know a ton of people that are out there buying up Airbnbs at an astronomical pace. I know a couple people who own like maybe two, maybe three, um, mm-hmm. you know, but like all of mine, I manage the, I only have, I have a couple owners who own two, but none of them own three. Right. Okay. So they're not out here competing against, uh, all these people. These people are competing against, I can't tell you how many times in 2021 and 2020, when I was selling a property, and I had multiple listings as a realtor in the area where I would get a contract from a corporation mm. and they would make an insane offer too. They would make an all cash offer, close in seven days, corporation mm-hmm. buying it, yep. you know, and they just want to long-term rent it out. And, and you had this, this other guy on this article who says, you know, I see both sides of this, but to those asking if STR should be allowed, is your money more important than our safety and sanity? Well, well yes, my money is important. That's my livelihood. Period. You know, at the end of the day, I don't know you. Um, I know that I can be a good host, and I know well. Let's talk can... about the safety and sanity. Let's jump to that because we're we're missing a piece of this here. How did we get here? How did the city of Dallas get here? Who lobbied to make this happen? Now we can sit here and make the hotels and, and their their lobbyists into the bad guy and say, okay, they're the ones that jumped in and said, oh well, you know, you should put that on the same playing field as us, and you should put them on a level playing field and and make them pay all the taxes we pay. Okay, great. That's that we can just throw that against that. Here's what really happened, and here's what we need to talk about for us. Listen, if you are a listener, a subscriber to this podcast, you have a you have a responsibility to run your STR, run your Airbnb or your VRBO responsibly and make sure that you don't allow behaviors and certain things to happen at your Airbnb. Absolutely. That means that you are going to vet who's staying there. You're going to ask why they're staying. That's why these questions are asked. And people get all uppity. Guests get all like, well, why are you asking what I'm coming into town for? Because I want to hear your damn answer. And if I don't like your answer, I'm not going to rent to you. If you give me some bullcrap answer that I know is bullcrap, and it turns out there's 25 people coming to my property, I got a problem with that. You need to be a responsible owner. Check who's coming. And if you're sitting here renting a single-family home in a nice suburb, and 25, 30, 40 people show up and you don't have a way of monitoring that? What's wrong with you? Yeah, so it's here's those, what's happened it's in those Dallas. stories that cause what just Correct. happened in Dallas. Correct. Exactly. You got a drive-by shooting happening at an Airbnb party. Like, what kind of person was allowed to rent the house that has gang violence as part of their life? Are you kidding me? Now, Airbnb stepped up a couple of years ago and said, hey, no more party houses, period. So that makes me think that this is coming from strictly VRBO because Airbnb has basically outlawed the ability to rent a house for more than X amount of people. I forget the numbers of 12. I, I forget. Yeah. It was I mean, I still have people ago. book it for eight and try to show up with way more than that uh, yeah. or an event. So, I mean, there's ways around it. But you know, you know it Airbnb. because you're checking them in. Yeah, correct. You need to vet your guests. Why are yeah, you coming? Exactly. How many guests are coming? Stuff like that. Those are just simple questions. They can go out in an automated message on Airbnb or you can ask on VRBO. It it doesn't right. take much to vet these guests and ensure that this doesn't happen in other cities. Don't give them a reason. Don't give them a yeah, reason exactly. to go out there and ban your vacation rentals. So could it happen to you? It could it happen in your city. It absolutely could. Ryan and I say that, you know, one side of the political fence, we don't talk politics, but one side of the political fence doesn't exactly like short-term rentals. That's very they're very well documented down 
every single city on that political side of the fence that doesn't like short-term rentals, starting in New York and Boston and California. Well, no, it, it happened here in Minneapolis, bro. So I'm going to tell you from in Minneapolis that they, they told STR owners, they told all the owners, you're only allowed to have one STR in your entire portfolio, so screw you. Okay, so that meant a bunch of my owners had to do something different because they had multiple STRs that, of course, I managed uh, in their portfolio. And I was rental arbitration, which meant I had a crap load of furniture to move out of places, okay? They took STR away from us, and then they made it almost impossible to have that one, okay? So all of my STRs in the city of Minneapolis are now suburb, okay? It's going to take every single suburb to go and follow Minneapolis, and they don't care enough right now. They just don't care. Okay, city of Minneapolis, the council needed a villain. They're like, oh, my God, rental properties are really hard to find because of STR. That's what it is. It's got to be. So they pick on us. A bunch of us go ahead and vacate the city and say, screw you, have your houses. And, and some of my owners just straight up sold. They were like, this is the last straw. I'm done with this crap, right? So they left. It just so happened the rental market was hot and a bunch of people overpaid for their houses. These guys are sitting you know, pretty in their retirement now. <laughs> so regardless, guess what did not happen in Minneapolis? Cost of housing did not go down. Availability of rental properties did not go up. It's all the same. It didn't change at all. All these new owners who bought the properties off of the former STR owners, they paid more than they should have because the rental market was so askewed. And now they're asking for rentals, actual cost of monthly rental, double. I'm not making this up. Double what I used to actually rent those for for long-term rentals. The spaces I was renting for $1,300 is going for $2,500, $2,600 because it, it has to. That has owner to. They, cannot they pay can't. his mortgage. Yeah, yeah. Can't pay their bills okay? without upping the rent. Correct. So- Nothing was accomplished. City of Minneapolis tried this. It's going to stay where it is. And STRs are just basically kind of not allowed. That's fine. So whether it's Dallas, whether it's Minneapolis, whether it's Daytona Beach, here's what's going to happen. Rental owners, short-term rental owners and managers that don't do their job are going to allow these cities to have the view and the idea that there is a major problem every time someone rents an STR. The truth of it is, as we all know, especially those of you that are already in the game, uh, if you're listening as a future owner, great, listen in. But you current owners know darn well most of the people that stay in your houses are, are just there for some little fun family vacation, and and little Junior might knock a jar of pickles off the jar off the counter in the kitchen, and 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 it breaks all over the kitchen floor, and it might chip a tile. That's the absolute worst thing that's going to happen to you. Okay, we know that. And we're not going to get into some of the psycho stories that, that Lucas has had. They, they all resolve themselves. But the reality is that the average rental, average family or group, is no event to talk about. None. Okay? My suburban rentals have been the most uneventful, successful experience I've ever had in the Airbnb space. These people come in. They've got children or whatever the case. And they're just, they're in there and they're out. The only thing I hear is from my cleaners, like, man, I found Cheerios everywhere. Who cares? They, they, don't, they don't report that to me because it's a huge problem. And I don't nick their review over it. It's a no big deal. But then there's the in, inner city rentals, okay? If you are not responsible enough as an owner of an STR to vet your stuff and make sure nothing nefarious is going on, that's your fault. And that's what's going to get us to where every metropolitan area starts putting the clamp down on this. So that's how we stay away from it. We be responsible. Could it happen to you? Absolutely. 
be ready and have an exit strategy. I'm not going to sit here and spend 25 minutes telling you financially what you should be ready for and how to do it. That's your responsibility. You know your overhead. You know what it costs to be afloat every month. If you think this might come down the pipe to your major metropolitan area, wherever it is you are, or your vacation rental destination, you need to have a long-term rental option in place. That's just all there is to it. You need to be able to pivot financially, or you're going to sit there holding the bag and not being able to pay your mortgage with incoming funds, period. Okay. So that's what you do. If it does happen to you, be ready. Okay. I mean, this all sounds so basic. There's some of you that are going to be listening right now going, Ryan's just talking about making a business plan. Yes, you're right. I am. If you don't have this planned out. Yeah. Have a plan B at all times. Like, like you go and like, I just signed a lease for a new office space for my, my remodeling company. I got a plan B. What if it doesn't work out? I have a backup plan. What if, what if the rent, you know, goes up X amount of dollars, it's too much, whatever. You have to think about everything ahead of you. And what if it doesn't work that this is costing more money than it's paying you back? What if this is, what if you're not bringing enough STR rental money? You should have thought about that before you bought it or even converted it from LTR to short-term rental, which I'm Always, sure you all I tell, did. I tell everybody to be conservative with their numbers. Never overestimate, underestimate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm a little annoyed at cities like Dallas and like Minneapolis because what they're doing is they're punishing uh, all of us that, that run reasonable and responsible businesses, and they're punishing all of the other owners for a couple of owners that said, no, I'm going to cater to the parties. I'm going to allow 25 people. I'm not even going to regulate it. I don't care. They want to ask me off the record if they can have some more people. I'm going to, I'm going to let them. That's dumb. That's dumb. You're allowing an element, an unsavory element to come in, scrap the money together for a long weekend at your luxury property and probably trash it, number one. But number two, you're bringing in these people that are from, you know, other demographics that just don't care. Okay. You can sit there and read between the lines and you can get mad at me for what I just said. I don't really care. You understand what I'm saying. I'm saying you're not vetting your people and you're letting people who are unsavory stay in your building, period. And if that happens too many times, cities like Dallas get all uppity about it, okay? And they lobby the council to do something about it. That's where we're at. Uh, it was It's a dissimilar situation to Minneapolis. Minneapolis felt like they needed to um, get rid of STRs to help with the lack of rental property inventory. They're they were wrong, like I just talked about. But Dallas was keying in on the safety, okay? So don't don't allow that crap to happen at your rental. Be smart, okay? And have a backup plan if it does come through your town. Um, yeah, anyway, so you may have picked up on this episode that Lucas and I are a little bit passionate about this topic because we do not like when people are basically anti-capitalist. We don't like that. It doesn't make us feel good. We don't enjoy talking about it. We don't enjoy seeing it because... We we read an article like that and we see that thousands of people have been put out of business. And we don't we don't like that because around each of our businesses, believe it or not, and you guys would know this if you're in the business, there's a micro economy. OK, there's cleaners and people who attend to our laundry. There's handymen. There's plumbers. There's everything. You know, uh, if you've got enough properties in your in your portfolio, you're going to have some of these folks are busy all the time for you and they're making a living. Okay. If that went away, I know for a fact there's at least a about a half a dozen people that work for Lucas that would just simply be out of a job. They'd have to start over. They and would have mostly, to figure out how they're going to pay their mortgage. Right. And they're they're mostly yeah. people who are getting 1099 because they're business owners. There's no unemployment for that. Okay. They can't go and be like, well, my business failed. 
give me some unemployment. You know, they, I mean, unless they're payrolling themselves and paying unemployment taxes and all that, but most of them aren't. They're 1099ing themselves. They're taking care of their taxes at a minimal level as much as they can. They're getting by, right? They're making a living, a good living. I shouldn't say they're getting by. We, we, we all pay them very well. I hope you are. I pay my cleaners very well. But my point is, there's a microeconomy around this that is absolutely, you know, RIP. It's dead. So all these people, these thousands of homes that are getting closed in Dallas, there's a ton of people that worked that business alongside the STR owner. And that makes me very sad. So I get, I get a little bit upset about that. <laughs> so anyway, if you felt the passion coming through, that's because it's there. So anyway, you got anything further to add, Lucas, or are we going to close this one down? I got nothing else to add just to say, hey, uh, you know, make sure you like and subscribe to us on the podcast. That way you get a notification anytime we drop a new episode. And if you want to contact us, reach out to us on Instagram at Vacation Rental Insiders. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can once we see the message. Perfect. That sounds great. In the meantime, hey, guys, you know the deal. Be the best host you can be and go get that money. Go get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.